This is Daizenshu EX, the podcast, episode 61 for the week of January 21st, 2007. Haha, <laughs> see, I got it right this time. Welcome to Daizenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizenshu EX. We cover anything and... Everything. Everything. Everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. What up, y'all? Word. Hey, I am Mike Labrie. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. And back with us this week, we are so thoroughly ecstatic. Julian, how are you, sir? I am doing splendidly, sir. I am so happy. I am fine. Thank you. And over here to my less than proverbial right, it's Demary. Hey there. What up, woman? I'm tired and old. I'm older now. <laughs> That's true. You had a birthday this week. Yeah, I'm friggin' old for this crap, man. Happy birthday, Mary. Thank you. You're welcome. How Aww. old are you? are you? Are you 42? I'm 17. <laughs> yeah, you're 17. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a sec. I'm older than that. <laughs> well, uh, June... Mike, have you been dating minors again? Yes. Mary was actually 12 when I met her. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I was a smart 12-year-old in college. Yeah, you were. Julian, we haven't talked to you in like two weeks. I mean, I had a couple words in IM Windows with you, but that's about it. What the hell's going on, dude? Well, it uh, has a lot to do with, believe it or not, Broadway. And, and well, two weeks ago, my girlfriend and I went down to New York City for a couple of things. Um, well, we walked around Times Square. We went skating at Rockefeller Center under the Christmas tree in 70-degree weather. <laughs> we went to the Natural History Museum. We hung around in Central Park. Oh, and we checked out Kinokuniya. Yay! Yeah, pretty cool. I got some, like, the last two volumes of Genshin, which aren't out in English yet, as well as some One Piece and some Yotsubato. And also Grave of the Fireflies, but then I realized that there's so much kanji, I probably want to hold off on reading it. Um, <laughs> oh, and we saw a musical. Ah, uh, Mike's favorite thing <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Although you might uh, like this one. Uh, this yeah, is Monty I Python's might. Spamalot with, yeah. you know, flying cows and talking the voice of God and, you know, knights. And I'm in the show? The one who doesn't want to go on the cart. I got it. <laughs> oh no, he was just ignoring okay. me. I see how it is. I, I was ignoring you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then after that, well, the week after, I mean, I got on back on campus, and then the choir started rehearsing for its musical, which More was musicals. also rather time-consumed. Yes, this one is "Kiss Me, Kate," which is a play within a play in a way because it's about people who are putting on a musical version of "The Taming of the Shrew" by Shakespeare. Um, and stuff happens. Isn't that that, last... that movie, Ten Things I Hate About You? Um, well, that's a very modernized update of The Taming of the Shrew. With my girlfriend with, in it? Yeah, With some, yeah. some teen heartthrob people I don't remember <laughs> the names of. Um, and then finally, I'm actually going back to New York City this weekend oh. uh, to see another Broadway play. Which one's this? Uh, this one is about the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, I see. Wicked. Mm. My girlfriend likes it a lot, so. Uh... Dates. How nice. I, I've done... What, two musicals? <laughs> one was not and, a musical. All right, one wasn't technically a, a full musical, and I actually enjoyed myself. Though so. I think you were brought to some family functions that involved musicals. 
with my relatives in them. <laughs> you know what? I've purged these things from my memory. You went kicking and screaming, didn't you, Mike? <laughs> I went high on crack, and it, it was a fun adventure, and I don't remember any of it. So I was totally wow. strung out. No, that's not true at all. But, uh, yeah, Mary, what's up with us? Um, Massive purchases. Oh, man. We spent a lot of money this week. Yeah. We, um... Ooh. We bought a new computer. Not hey. not here yet. But. It's not here yet. It's being built, and it's uh, pretty kick-ass. You mean it has something other than Windows 98 on it? Something other than Windows ME, hey, in my case. Hey, this computer over oh, okay. here is running XP. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so, like, stuff. <laughs> now, the 98 machine is being turned into an Ubuntu um, stereo, Linux? essentially, yeah. Ah, so that's going to kick ass. Yeah, we're rearranging everything over here. It's going to be a pretty awesome setup to do all sorts of media stuff. And hopefully um, that will encourage me to do things when I get home from work. Because usually you know, I'm all excited all day long at work. I'm thinking about doing stuff. And, oh, I want to do this when I get home. I want to do that. I can do this for the site. Do this prep <laughs> for the podcast. Two, three o'clock rolls around. I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I come home and kind of... You kind of grunt. I said, where's my dinner? I grunt and I say, woman, where my dinner? And the day ends and, and then I go to sleep. You know, baby, kitties. Yeah. Yay. So that's going to rock. We'll get some new stuff set up. I uh, ordered more Dragon Ball stuff this week. Yeah, finally. Yes, I ordered the new DS RPG coming out. I pre-ordered the Japanese version. And I finally, on that order, I also ordered the 2006 Remix CD. Finally. Uh. I forgot about it and I kept forgetting about it. Then I would remind myself, and I forgot about it again. And uh, CD Japan still doesn't have it up. But since I pre-ordered mm. the game from PlayAsia, they actually had the CD listed, so I just ordered it there. But I'm not getting it I until see. the game ships, so that'll be February when I finally get it. Uh-huh. You know, for a second, I thought you were going to say that you finally spelled the name of the DS game correctly. Oh, bite me. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, okay. In fact, uh, is that really it for stuff? Because that leads into the news. Julian working so. with the segues. So let's hey. just go and do the, the news. Julian. Yeah. What is the actual name of the game? Haruka Naru Goku Densets. See, I spelled it right in the outline there. Yeah. That's about the only place. Ah. <laughs> now, actually translate it for us. We want, well, when I say we, I mean me. I want an official... Julian translation of the name of the game. Um, it would be something like Distant Goku Legend. <laughs> so I'm editing the podcast, and I'm pondering, and I'm thinking about this translation, and it dawns on me. I have the perfect translation for Atari to bring this game over as. They should call it The Legacy of Goku. Oh, wait. There's already, like, four of those games. All right, how about Legacy of Goku DS? That would work, too, except it doesn't play like any of the Legacy of Goku games. But here, right now, on this very podcast, my prediction is that Atari somehow incorporates Legacy of Goku into the translation of this title. And if I'm wrong, well, it was a valiant effort. Hey, back to the show. Even that makes no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yes. It makes um, sense if you consider that it's not an English title, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. The naru in this case is not a verb, but the classical form of the particle which we now know as na. So haruka na would be the standard Japanese, but naru is the continuative form of the copula nari. And for certain uh, nouns that get turned into adjectives in classical Japanese, it would become, you know, whatever the word is, naru, and then followed by another word. So in modern Japanese, it became something, na, something. Although it's far more limited as to what you can apply it to in modern Japanese, because a lot of words just take no, which is actually the possessive particle. Um, But I can see that I'm boring you because I can't hear you anymore. No, I'm just listening to you. I'm enthralled with what you're saying. And I'm also reading further down the outline to prepare what I'm saying mm-hmm. next. <laughs> uh, so the so the naru in this case more gives it slightly um, high diction sort of flavor. Yeah, because that fits with Goku. Well, I don't know why either. <laughs> maybe because um, just because it's uh, getting on down the road. Maybe it's talking about the distance between the fans and the property, or maybe it's talking about the length of the game. Who knows? I don't know. What I do know, though, is it looks like the game's coming out in the U.S. Gasp! Gasp! Shock! <laughs> And awe. We don't have any kind of official confirmation from Atari, but I have had dozens of people emailing me, most of them EB or GameStop employees. I don't know, they're coming out of the woodwork for some reason with this game. And they're all telling me that the game is listed in their system with the Japanese title, which is strange. But it's listed with a March release date. So I'm thinking, here's the deal. They know the game's coming out. They're pretty sure there's going to be a US release. Atari hasn't told them what the title is but they're saying around March. I would have to wonder if it's coming out in March. Has Steve done any translations for it? I mean, he March been, is pretty darn close. He hasn't been doing I the know. last couple games. Oh, he hasn't? And he hasn't said anything about this one to oh, me. Okay. So, I don't know. I know mm-hmm. he's been working on um, touching up stuff for the new season box that's coming out. Okay. So, I don't know uh-huh. what he's doing with games. Uh, we don't really know. Uh, the Japanese version comes out February 8th, I believe it is. And the EB computer systems are saying March 20th. Uh, and that's a Tuesday, which means you actually get it the next day on the 21st. Now, take this with a grain of salt. This wouldn't be the first time that, you know, we've had a game that was coming over from Japan. It's in computer systems and then mysteriously disappears or gets pushed back, like, forever and ever. That's true. But uh, Shin Budokai did first show up in GameStop computers. And then that mm. came out. And no one knew what was up with that. And the same thing's going that's on true. with the next Shin Budokai, which we've heard nothing about yet either. So I don't know what's up with Atari. Maybe they're, uh, they can't find the money to put out a press release right now. Spend all their money mm. on those commercials that they're airing on TV <laughs> for that one game. <laughs> like, oh, we played this over and over and over again at like late night television. Maybe. What are you talking have, about? I don't know. I just remember a stupid commercial and it was booish like cookie or something. Oh, for one of the Dragon Ball games. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't remember which game it was for. <laughs> but I, they played it like every other minute once it hit like past 10 p.m. on like Cartoon Network been a while since we've seen any of that, so maybe that was Budokai mm. 3. Yeah, it was, it was a, long, okay. a while back. Well, I think that's all we know about the game for right now. Uh, I've been seeing this going around a few places, and the only place I've seen confirmation is Anime News Service, which has not been the most reputable site lately. They're saying that in the latest jump from February, apparently there's going to be a new Dr. Slump movie coming out in Japan. Mm. I want Dragon Ball to have a new movie. Well, here's the thing. We don't know if this was the American or Japanese jump because Viz finally caught on and stopped sending me the American jump like a year (laughs) after my subscription ran out. And um, they say the February jump. Well, do they mean the February monthly jump? Do they mean one of the weekly jumps from the month of February? Mm. My guess is probably one of the weekly jumps from February because, as you remember, the 
one from that was released on Christmas, which had the cross epic thing in it. Right. That was technically number what four and five. Yeah. Right. Which right. would put it at the beginning of February if you know Shueisha's releasing of those issues made any sense. If anything made any sense, right? So I don't know. Uh, I looked on Toei's site, and of course, the only Doctor Slump thing they're pushing right now is the uh, DVD box set. I think there's two of them coming out. Julian, have you seen anything anywhere? Not yet. I mean, I don't really receive jump regularly, so it, I mostly rely on other people, you know, giving me scans and something. If we saw a scan, I'd be able to, you know, right. confirm it, or right. if it didn't say anything about it, then at least say that, well, this doesn't say anything, so if people are touting this as proof, then it's bunk. Right. But I haven't seen anything, so. Well, here's where we're going. You know, we're obviously not a Dr. Slump podcast as much as we enjoy the series, but it is Toriyama, and it's pre-Dragon Ball. Are they going to work their way onwards into Dragon Ball and give us something new? I wonder if they're just doing Dr. Slump because it's easier to make a movie out of because the show is so random. That's true. Like, for Dragon Ball, you have to decide whether or not you want to work within a pre-existing continuity or if you want to do something new. Yeah. With Dr. Slump, you can <laughs> anything goes. The characters at a certain age. You can't have, like, young Goku at the same time that you've got Vegeta, and you right. can't have adult Gohan with them and crazy. Although video game openings may tell you otherwise. Yes. Well, and GT <laughs> might tell you otherwise, but that, we're not talking about that. So, uh, I don't really know where we're going with this. We're kind of keeping our eye on it, see what happens. Maybe Toei and Toriyama are talking a little bit, saying, hey, what's going on? Let's make some more money together. <laughs> so, we don't know. On the subject of Jump, before we get into the topic, yes, we are giving away the crossover Jump later in the episode. Didn't mention Ooh. it earlier. Should have Yes, pay attention. We'll see. Well, actually, we're not recording with Julian tonight, because right now it's Thursday, and we said the entries have to be in by Friday at noon, so Mary and I will record it later, and we'll pick a winner. But pay attention. You are going to win something. And with that, let's move on to the topic. This week, we are moving back away from video games to talk about a lovely entity that always gives us phenomenal things to discuss, or maybe disgust. <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, oh, wow, that was good. I see what you did there. Oh, Mike, you're you so funny. You and your workplace. Oh, funny. <laughs> There's another I'm one. glad I'm in a different Funimation. State. Can you tell where we're going? Yeah, we're going to talk uh. about Funimation. But this is how we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the Funimation lies. <gasps> yes, Funimation has lied to you, both in the past and more recently. What kind of lies do you ask? Well, we're going to tell you. These are specifically going to be Dragon Ball related. Uh, lies maybe isn't the best word. Maybe cover-ups is the best thing to describe these. They're yeah. little things they've done to dance around explaining something or saying something that isn't quite true. And, you know, recently we've had these new uh, DVD box sets coming out, the whole widescreen explanation and they're... They're fudging all those terms to make it seem like what they're doing is blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about some history of Funimation and their cover-ups. Because if there's anything Funimation is good at, it's pissing people off with these little tiny, tiny little things that are fun. Let's go mm. all the way back to the first way, two way seasons back. of the show. Of DBZ, anyways, in syndication. Now, we could talk all about things like Hiffle um, and little bushes that cover little penises. Those are technically cover-ups, but those, those aren't... Those kind of have to be done in order to get aired on yeah. TV. Those aren't the cover-ups we're talking about, uh, as much fun as they are. Uh, those who don't <laughs> know what the little bush is, uh, when movie three, Tree of Might, 
aired on TV in syndication in the middle of season two. You know, at the end of the movie, Gohan wakes up. It's a close shot of his head, and then it pans out, and it's his full body, and he turns around. There's this little winky there. There was this little bush that Funimation painted, and because the frame moves around, the bush looks like it's moving all over the screen. <laughs> and he's got Gohan, his wanker in the background there, and Haya Dragon's going, You make it sound so dirty. He's okay. a chain smoker. Oh, I'm fine. I think Haya Dragon's got a little thing going on there. I want to get that looked at. Uh. But those aren't the kind of cover-ups we're talking about. How about some quotes that they've said and things that they've put in marketing and entire marketing decisions? I love this stuff. Ooh. Let's take it back to an old quote from our good friend Gen Fukunaga. I'm taking this quote. Uh, we've actually referenced this in the past. It's an interview with Gen Fukunaga by Ed Gorgon, who ran the old site Saiyajin's Pride page way the hell back. And this is actually reprinted on DBC Uncensored. Wow, Chris Saros. Yeah, but he didn't have anything to do with this. He just kind of copied and pasted it. (laughs) (laughs) The question here that Ed uh, had for Gen was, will the Japanese allow you to produce versions in Japanese with English subtitles? And at this time in 1997, Gen said, no. They were very adamant on that. But they did allow us to take the first three movies and produce those in English and Japanese. These will probably be released in the late fall of 97 on home video. Well, some of this is true, some of this isn't. Uh, The first three movies did indeed come out. Uh, Movie 1 came out at the end of 97, movies 2 and 3 in the beginning of 98. Now, what's up with this? No, they were very adamant on that, that you can't put it out in Japanese. I think something might have changed, or maybe Gen didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. I think... More to the point, it was probably something that had to do with technology. DVD was very, very new if it was even out at that point. Right. And, you know, anime wasn't really on that format. So what you typically had was, you know, dub tapes, subtitled tapes. And, frankly, I think it also had to do a lot with the market Funimation was gunning for. Yeah. You know, they were showing it on TV in syndication. And, you know, they had to make a lot of edits and you know, dumb the show down for impressionable American kids um, who would, of course, try to shoot energy beams at each other and try to kill them and go to another world. Where and they fly in the clouds! Right. So, um, I think it was more that at the time they didn't consider it economically feasible to produce a separate version in either English or Japanese no. that was, you know, uncut and aimed at well, I guess you could say a demographic that was very, very marginalized at the time. So I think it was purely an economic decision. I don't think it's not so much that Toei really forbade it as much as it just wasn't really something feasible for them at the time. Then so, again, it is Toei. Right. Who knows what kind yeah. of crap they might They're have crazy. pulled. So we have a situation where Gen's either using Toei as a scapegoat to kind of not get yelled at by the fans, or we have typical Toei... They really are jerks. I was looking for another yeah. T word to make it really funny, but I don't. Um, I can't think of a word like nonsense that starts with well, T. Teetotaling, but that just means not drinking, right? <laughs> I don't know. So Toei is um, funny. We thought in '97, you know, obviously there's no chance we're ever going to get this. That's what was pissing us off is that we had the president of the company telling us, "No, you can't have subtitled versions." And then what happened? Well, they started coming out a couple years later. So it was kind of weird. Just the conflicting quotes and things that actually came out. That was not too big of, of a lie or a cover-up. 
more convenience of the time, and like Julian was saying, the technology. Mm -hmm. Right. It was easier back then to say, no, you can't have this, and we were more apt to believe it. Right. And be like, oh, okay, I understand. And then they pioneered the whole, let's put out a 500-episode series on DVD with subtitles thing. You know, Yu-Gi-Oh! can't do it. Shaman King couldn't do it. Uh, Nintendo would never let Pokemon come out that way. But Funimation's like, let's go! Right out of the gate. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, One One Piece is another situation where you get some... I mean, they tell you one thing, but looking at it, you can't see how they come up with that. Oh, who how believes they said they, that asshole? They were going to be respectful to it, that they were only going to make necessary edits. That You know, I think the main thing is that they wanted to make it as absolutely appealing to everyone. Well, everyone in this case being little kids. They're saying the same thing that Funimation and Saban were saying back in 95. Yeah. Only failing yeah. miserably. Except Funimation yes. came out on top years yes. later. Somehow, some up element of Dragon Ball managed to shine through everything that was done to it back then. Right. Uh, One Piece wasn't so lucky. Um, no. You know what? I'm going to take the shallow where... route, and I'm going to say people didn't like it because of the character designs. Oh, yeah, of course. Because I think One Piece is a stronger show storytelling-wise. Oh, yeah. But it, it failed here. It's so, our superior. Yeah. For what, for well, they took away the strong suit, which was the storytelling. Right. That's right. the problem. <laughs> so without that, I mean, the show does have the fighting... It has interesting characters and great colors and but whatnot. If you, but if you take away the story, they obviously fucked up the music and they fucked up the voices. All right. All that's left for people are the character designs, which are off-putting to begin with. That's what I mean. So you're fucked. Exactly. So all you really have left is the fighting, and even then it's edited, so right. there's kind of nothing um, left to the show except for like goofy but, puns and crap every yeah. other second. But I guess that's probably enough about One Piece. So getting back to Funimation. Oh, right. Uh, yes, Funimation. I do actually want to talk about something from the first couple seasons. This isn't uh-huh. something that was really covered up, because it wasn't there to be covered up. And I'm talking about the convenient editing around of the character Lunch. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen mm-hmm. lately a couple people seeing screenshots of her and saying, oh, when does that happen in Dragon Ball? No, it's actually the first season of DBZ, and they just don't know because they've never seen these episodes. Right. Or at least these parts of the episodes. At that right. point... In time when those episodes were being released, lunch was extraneous oh, and confusing. Her presence made no sense. No, she was completely irrelevant. And unlike characters like Yamcha and Tenshin Han Shoutsu that actually do something, even in that first season, lunch does nothing. And yeah. every instance with her can be cut out, and the story still makes perfect sense. Well, she's filler in those cases. That's true. So that it really gets around it. Except for the one scene that they couldn't get rid of. And that's when Bulma picks up the picture off of, what is it, the dresser or the mantle or something. And she's she's naming everyone in the picture. And conveniently, she says nothing about this blonde chick that's in there. And everyone's <laughs> going, wait a minute. I haven't seen that person. She looks really friendly with everyone she's else. She's a hooker. She is a hooker. She was Tension Han's hooker for that Photo. photograph. <laughs> she's a rent friend Exactly. <laughs> she needs to pad out the space. Right. Yeah. You see, they had that big gap in the picture if she wasn't there. That would have been right? really funny, too. <laughs> because... They could draw, like, Piccolo in there. <laughs> the big... Put him in the group shot. <laughs> <laughs> the picture pans, and you know their editing was so bad, so Piccolo's head would be moving all over the place for those couple of frames. <laughs> that would be great. Wait, wait Mary, a minute. Piccolo was our Piccolo? best friend. Mary, I'm ripping this. You're getting to work. <laughs> I'll do it when we have the new computer. You're going frame by frame putting Piccolo's head up there. On <laughs> Lunch's body. You have, yes. You have to do this by the time the podcast comes out, though. Oh, God. We're recording early. you got plenty of time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. 
All right, that's enough about lunch. We're going to skip forward all the way to Dragon Ball GT. We have a couple things to talk about with GT. The first thing I just happened to remember today, when Funimation was first talking about GT coming out in the U.S., they put up the rap song on their site as an MP3 to download Uh. for people to check out. And the backlash was enormous, as you can imagine. Oh my god, what an atrocious song, and fans let them know. Mysteriously, this song disappeared from Funimation's website very soon afterwards. And but they was, still used it. Exactly. That's the problem. So they put it out there. It was already being used. They got this response. They're like, fuck. Someone got paid for making that song, though. Nothing could be done about it at that point. <laughs> I want to know who the people are that get to come in and do these kitty cartoon songs and get to rap about the show. Yeah. What's well, worse is you're trying to make a gangster rap for, you know, you know your, your, what, tween kind of age set. I mean, that doesn't work. Of course not. Either you fill it with profanity and references <laughs> to drugs and murder and hoes, or you, like lunch, or, or you bleep it out so there's nothing left. I mean, you can't just sanitize it and make it. About that would be finding awesome. Dragon Ball. They would sell so many more GT DVDs if they started this gangster rap beat and then just bleep the song for about a minute. And people would be like, holy shit, that song must be awesome. Oh my god, Dragon Ball GT must be amazing. <laughs> and then they get them and they see the episode where Pam dresses up as a bumblebee. They'd be like, what? Yo, that shit. Oh my god, did you see that hoe? She dressed up as a bee, man. Holy shit, she was like, yo, here's my pussy. I'm Pam. What's up? Uh, what? <laughs> That's um, what well, they should have well, done with GTA. Well, that would have well, sold well, volumes. We'll address that episode too in just a minute. But uh, you know what? Yeah. I think we're up to that right now. Good segue. Yes, Julian, bring me back on subject here. We are talking about <sighs> indeed the Dragon Ball GT lost episodes. Not so much lost as conveniently skipped over, ignored, set aside for a little bit. No. Like I can kind of imagine, you know, like I don't know, Gen Fukunaga or. Just somebody conveniently, you know, setting them aside, putting like <laughs> they I don't know, lost a, them for a while. like a, a, a can of coke on top of it, and being like, "No, where did I put those tapes? Where did those masters go?" Ah, uh, we'll just start it later in the series, and uh, we'll we'll figure it out once we. It'll be know. great marketing. <laughs> It'll sell. <laughs> Their first episode, a grand problem. That was actually a problem. <laughs> yeah, because again, spilled soda all over the film. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, really, it was it was it was clever marketing. They it wanted was. to skip the you know the more lighthearted, not really actiony early episodes and get straight into the action. So they created some kind of clip show non episode. It was at first um, marketed as episode sixteen, even though it wasn't right or. Well, actually, or seventeen, yeah. or one, or well, whatever the hell. Well, well, it it was first marketed as an actual episode coming right. before episode seventeen, which was the first real episode. Okay, that right, right. They put it out for the dub, um, but it, you know, this is really like a clip show of the first sixteen episodes of the series, and you know, it's kind of like well, they're really trying to market all the action and not you know maybe kind of overcome the fan stereotype of GT being a dumb series that doesn't have much relevance, but. I don't know. It's, it's ah, it's so frustrating. You're gonna put out a series, put it out in order. I think um, it was absolutely brilliant because it irritated everyone and it made people want episodes that they didn't want anyways because they <laughs> held them from you. I, I 
agreed due to the marketing side of me, but as a fan who enjoys the oh, first yeah, 16 absolutely. episodes more than the entire rest of the series, I was pissed. Well, it's Funimation. They have to do something out of order with every single series. With DBZ, you know, every single volume came completely out of order. Yeah, every other series is fine. Yeah, well, every other thing they do, but not Dragon Ball. So GT comes out. Let's start it with episode 17 or so. Dragon Ball comes out. Well, we can't put out the first 13 episodes. Let's release um, Piccolo Jr. episodes first, and then we'll make our way backwards. And so they have to do this kind of stuff, or else it wouldn't be Funimation putting out Dragon Ball. But yes, mm. like you were saying, Mary, as a fan, it was really irritating. But if you take a step back and look at it from a marketing standpoint, I think it's absolutely brilliant, and they played it off perfectly and um i think you're absolutely right about making demand for something mm. that people don't want oh yeah absolutely. Well it's a great punish. way to look at it well played, well played indeed i chip my hat to you and then you take my money wait a mm. minute we do have and a lot of gt the finger. <laughs> i think that takes care of gt and uh i have one other thing i want to talk about and that's the recent release of dragon ball z movies one through three in their first strike box set what was with this whole fully uncut for the first time bullshit? They've been yeah. fully uncut before. Bullshit! Bullshit. I mean, what? Just because there were overlays on certain parts where there was Japanese text in the original dub? I mean... In the ending I'm... credits during the end song. Oh, and the opening credits. Don't forget those. Uh, all right, that's true. But those were the only thing. Uh, all the video footage was... Possibly edited about the originals. Uh, original dub from, you know, right. Pioneer. And so... What? I, I don't know. Just, so irritating. Those movies were way more uncut back in 97 and 98 than they were here in when, 2005 and 2006. Mm. Ah, so sad. Do you guys have anything else? Any other fun Funimation cover-ups? Weird things they've done? I just think it's funny how most of these cover-ups all inevitably tie into marketing schemes. Absolutely. It's something Funimation <laughs> is fantastic at. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to give them credit for it, but fucking up Dragon Ball gets some attention from the people who otherwise wouldn't be giving it attention. It's True. it's disgusting and admirable at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I guess the current stuff going on with the DVDs, they haven't been saying anything about their decisions with the DVDs to warrant calling a cover-up just yet. I mean, we know they're talking out of their asses, but we can't call that cover up. Well, yeah. sure we can, because they're conveniently leaving out things. Mm. Yeah. Oh, dear. And even in the most current thing, you know, you've got the releases which are calling HD, but really aren't because they're putting them out on regular DVDs, right. which aren't capable of HD at all. So really all you're getting is a widescreen presentation, cutting off the top and bottom and not getting any of the benefits of actually seeing it in HD, other than perhaps the cleaned up print that they've been able to, you know, do what that's basically the only benefit you're going to see until it's actually released on a medium that's capable of handling hd video so yeah you know god of chaos was uh i am me earlier i was talking with him he was saying on the amazon listing for the first season box set for a while it was saying hd dvd at 1080p oh geez <laughs> oh god so funimation is even confusing their distributors no one knows what the hell these things are i think that's hilarious and fantastic and sad and Stuff. And junk. And stuff. And stuff. And the other fun little cover-ups. I mean, we could go on and on about little things they've done here and there, but those are kind of some of the big marketing things they've done to the series yeah. that have just been oh. funny. 
we could go on about censorship, but I think we've covered it before. Right. Yeah, and no, that's specific to the dub. And with that kind of stuff, all you do is watch a Japanese version and it's gone. Mm. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that, well, you know, other than editing around lunch and the rap, mm. but that other stuff kind of affects you. Even as a fan of the Japanese version, you can't buy those first 16 episodes, no matter which version you watch, that affects you. Well, I guess that's going to be it. So we're going to move it on into... Where are we going to go? Why don't we hit up releases? We are pretty much closing in on the end of January here. And I don't think there's anything else coming out in January. Did you guys know of anything? I'm pretty clueless about releases. Yeah, because... Not offhand. Because I look them up. I get all my info from this podcast. <laughs> Good mm. way to learn things. Well, there's a couple things coming out in February, and they're all in a row. Ooh. Holy crap, they are. One day after the other. And this is the beginning of February, so we might as well talk about them now. So, Julian, what comes out on February 6th? Yeah. That would be um, Funimation's remastered Dragon Ball Z Vegeta Saga set. The one that they've been withholding for so long after they discontinued the whole Ultimate Uncut thing. Um, so this is what you might consider to be Season 1 if you're going by the old numbering when they were first putting out the dub on TV. Right. And it's going for about forty nine ninety eight retail. You might be able to find it for less at your local store or online. I've seen it um, really cheap lots of places, starting at 20 bucks. Holy fuck. Yeah. And that's what, close to 30-odd episodes? It's 39 episodes on six DVDs. Hmm, that sounds a little bit uh, squished. And that's an improvement. Yeah, and that's up from the five DVDs it was going to be. Boy. <laughs> but it's progressive, and it's widescreen. Even though it shouldn't be. I wonder if it's going to be anamorphic. Have they said anything about that? Um, I can only assume that it would be, considering the medium, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. If it isn't anamorphic, I'd be really surprised. Yeah, me too. Well, that appears to be that for that. So with mm. that, Mary. Okay, more DVDs. What out on the 7th? On February 7th, we have Dragon Ball Z Region 2 DVDs, Volumes 46 through 49. That takes us to the end of Dragon Ball Z. Woo! <laughs> made it! 39.90 and a pop. And then there after that, we get Dragon Ball starting in April. Yep. Ooh. April. Not much of a break, but uh, they gotta mm. pump that shit out. True. I mean, God, that's okay. February seventh. That. That's how many DVDs? Four. Four DVDs coming out on a day, yeah. and they're all forty. Mm. Oh, forty <laughs> bucks. Forty bucks a pop. It's more Ooh. like thirty-six, but still, that's pretty. Yep. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But they look I've pretty. Mm -hmm. I found another thing for next month at the very beginning. Did you? February 2nd. Uh-huh. Uh, there's going to be another release of those wonderful, wonderful anime comics from No! Croatia. I said they were going to be over. Why do they irritate me so? I don't know, but this is Volume 2 of the Super Saiyajin and Frieza arc. Or volu out. Volume 1 of Part 2? Or uh, looks like volume two, so I guess maybe we maybe we missed a volume last month. Uh, that's convenient. okay because it's the anime <laughs> comics and they're redundantly redundant. <laughs> and, he said it. Yes, and there's not a price listed, but I'm assuming that it's probably the same as the other ones, which was something was like seven hundred yen. Odd yen. Yeah, yeah. Just buy the manga. You don't need it in color. You know, just get what the artist actually drew. If you want to see those illustrations, watch the show. Or color them in yourself. Color pencils. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then on February eighth, coming out in Japan. And Julian, give me the title. Oh, what am I, your monkey? Yes. Anyway, this would be the Dragon Ball Z RPG 
Harukanaru Goku Densetsu. It's the uh, card-based game for the Nintendo DS. The card-based being within the game, not anything right external, <laughs> like some of those weird card readers that Advance had. Uh, but anyway, uh, no word of an American release as of yet, but it looks like we might be getting it in March-ish, maybe. Yeah. Confusing. And it's uh, 48.90 at Play Asia. Want to get it there? Yeah, maybe you do. And that's it for releases. So Ooh. with that, we're moving it on into the emails. Email. Our first email comes to us from James Sagara. And he's got some stuff to say about this upcoming Vegeta Saga DVD set. He was listening to podcast episode 58, and some things came to mind. Now, we pre-ordered the set, and... Um, he agreed with a lot of what we were saying and um, about the widescreen and not finishing the Ultimate Uncut. But something he wanted to know more about that we didn't really touch upon was what's going on with the script. He wants to know, since they're pretty much redoing the entire series for a home release, and they've talked about this, you know, uh, touching up the script and dialogue in a few places, are they redoing the whole script? A lot of what was aired on TV is pretty much the same as how it came out uncut on DVD. Just a few little changes here and there. And then he goes, then I heard about the definitive edition release of the entire series and heard the words, new audio, new video, a completely new experience. Insert Mike laughter here. <laughs> <laughs> so he wants to know, are they really redoing the script or are they only changing the voices and the music? For the reason of uncut dialogue, I'm really interested in owning these sets. However, at this point, no one has provided any official answer to the dialogue question. Well, let's talk real quick. We've mentioned this a lot in the past. Dialogue in the dub is not the same as the dialogue in the original Japanese version. Therefore, it is inherently impossible for it to be uncut that way. Now, Funimation releases what they call an uncut version of the show. That just means that it is not edited as it appeared on Cartoon Network. There were some other things that they left in there. A lot Visually, of what, everything's there. Right, visually it's all there. I think a lot of what they did for their so-called edited version was purposefully put in minor curse words and like weird sayings and then edit those out for the tv version just to say hey we have an uncut version with all this extra stuff more of their clever marketing it's the way i like to see it so what do we think and know is going on with this dialogue off the bat i can say i'm you know i'm not a dub fan i really don't watch it or even care what their dialogue changes are but we know there's going to be some we know kyle heber is that how you say his name Eber, I think. Okay. French. We know he's gone back and he redid all of Dale Kelly's narrator lines from season three. I think that's as Ooh, far that's, as he went. That's slightly better. It, well, <laughs> anything's better than that. And I think uh, whoever the dude that does Ginyu now and all the games and stuff redid uh, Dale Kelly's mm. lines too. I think it's the same as the narrator for Dragon Ball. Okay. I have no uh, idea of the names. I don't remember his name. I remember the fired people. Dale Kelly and Mark Britton. Mark Britton did Oolong and, like, I don't know, someone else. Um, Karin. Okay, yeah, yeah. So those will be redone with whoever their current voices are. and So there's, what's going on? What do we think? I don't think anything. I, it's I'm, also convoluted. I just stopped paying attention. Know. And it could it could be the same lines with new voices. It could be new lines with the same voices. It could be, it it could be a party. Let's have a party. L right let's now. have a party, and we'll watch a Japanese version because they can't we'll change that. <laughs> <laughs> so will they be redoing the entire series in an uncut English? Well, that all depends on what you consider uncut. It's never going to be the same as the Japanese script, so that's out the window right there. Uncut can be whatever Funimation does and then doesn't cut out of it, if that makes any sense. 
So I've just learned to ignore their dub and what they consider mm-hmm. uncut. Well, let's move on to the next question then. This comes to us from Peebo. And Julian, I held on to this question specifically for you. Let's let oh, thank you. Mary read it and then you can answer it. He or she writes, this is a question about name pronunciation. As someone who got into Dragon Ball through the dub and then moved on to the Japanese version, I often find it difficult to pick a way to pronounce each character's names. I've noticed that you guys seem to switch between the Japanese and English ways from time to time. What do you think is the proper way to do it? I noticed that you made fun of Funimation for calling Bulma's daughter Bola, but surely this is perfectly valid since they have translated it in exactly the same way they did Bulma's name. Buduma becomes Bulma, Buda becomes Bola. I know that technically they should be called Bloomer and Bra, but I've heard you use the name Bulma many times. I often just go for what's easiest to say, but if there's one thing anime fans can be pretty anal about, it's the way to say characters' names correctly. I think this is a little strange given that I have rarely ever heard a Japanese person pronounce an English name correctly. Anyway, thanks for your time, and I hope you can answer my question. Well, I think part of it's for a common frame of reference, really. I mean, you want to have a way of other fans knowing what you're talking about, and there are certain names that people are used to, and I think that's a big part of it. But also, too, you have to keep two things in mind with these particular names. For one thing, Buruma was written as B-U-L-M-A by the author, Akira Toriyama. Yes, in right. text uh, on illustrations. <laughs> yeah, literally in her first appearance, because right. it was written across her shirt. Right. Uh, so that's the spelling both the English version of the manga and the English version of the anime have stuck with. Because well, let me stop you right there, though, because mm-hmm. I take issue with some of the spellings that Toriyama used throughout the series. Mm-hmm. One being Goku, he spells it with an H at the end. Occasionally. Not, right, not too bad, but then he also does the Clillin thing from time to time on the hat. Yeah. So, and we, I mean, we never say it like that. But Bulma, at least, is consistent every time her name is written out that's, anywhere. That's true. Well, because that coincided with her very first appearance, it was mm. kind of, you know, just general agreement that that's how it should be. Right. I, I mean, technically, Buddhama, that's what she's named after. Girls, gym shorts, um, and but the other thing then, when considering her daughter's name, you have to realize that at this time you've already seen a kind of a set of puns being developed with her right. family. Right. Her father is Doctor Brief. Her son is Trunks. Um, by this point, if you haven't caught on, I think maybe you need to get up to speed, because <laughs> then obviously her daughter is going to be named after some form of underwear or otherwise active wear as well. And in this case, it happens to be a brassiere. Now, I think it might be a little different if they said something like bula, but they say bola. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like really butch. And that's not even close. I mean, let's be honest here. Her name is Bra, and they don't want kids running around yeah. saying, I like the character Bra. Bra's I mean, hot. I, <laughs> Bra's a I've skank. S- I've seen it occasionally spelled B-U-R-A. Yeah. And what I think is official material from Japan. Right. But the U is mostly because you can't have... B-R consonant- sound. <laughs> you can't have consonant clusters like that in Japanese. It right. doesn't work with the phonology. Right. Um the only single consonant they have is N. N. Yeah. Well, here we've actually had, um, I don't think I partook, but there was a conversation on our forum about Bulma's name specifically. And someone put out there, well, with a lot of the names and the way we arrange spellings, why wouldn't B-L-U-M-A, Bluma, be an appropriate way to spell her name? Because well, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but... 
You wouldn't. No, I, I think it might get the the name across a little better. Granted, I think it would. modern 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 Japanese buruma don't resemble bloomers at all. <laughs> um, in in fact, they're I don't know. I think they're closer to sort of a tight fitting, not quite bikini bottom, but almost hot pants, but <laughs> yeah. not quite. <laughs> but but without with a cut higher, I guess. I guess a lot of what it just comes back to is that's how she was introduced, and we we're just so used to that bulma. We look at her and we say Bulma. That, that's what her shirt says. Well, it's what her it's name written is. out in plain English in the Japanese version. Right. So, you know, it's hard to dispute mm-hmm. that. There it's are... persistent. It shows up a lot. Yeah. And it's used consistently, unlike some other name spellings that Toriyama has gone back and forth on. So Yeah. There's a lot of names that even we, we're not sure what we want to go with. Um, Julian, you've been so enthralled since you started yeah. working on the site with me with name right. puns and their origins and... What they yeah. really mean. It's a lot. And I don't know, there's little things like whether to spell Yajirobe with an I at the end. Right. Or whether to leave it. Because technically it's Yajirobe. Right. Which, um, Yajirobe is a kind of, like, toy. It's like a top of some kind. And it's just written in katakana because, well, you know, it's a Dragon Ball name. <laughs> they don't really use much kanji for that. Right. And I don't know, there's other names out there. The names of the Ginyu Force... Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. You know, it was pretty well known that it was, you know, all dairy puns. And I was pretty oh, absolutely. happy with I was pretty happy with the way Viz handled the translations, aside from a few ma- minor spelling quibbles that maybe obscured the puns a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. But I, I found it really fascinating. And, and it's interesting, you know, trying to keep a balance between preserving the pun and trying to keep the pronunciation to some recognizable extent. And still and, having, you know, like... Trying different ways of spelling it. Two decades of fanboy spellings oh, yes. just online and in other areas, too. Uh, one name I definitely want to bring up is, we've talked about this on the podcast in the past, was the monster from DBZ Movie 13. Now, we have always just called him Hildegarn, because it's, mm-hmm. that it just rolls off the tongue very easily. Uh, in Japanese, it's what? Hildegarn. Right, which, which um, makes Hildegarn a fairly... Right. Fairly reasonable romanization. And then but, we have the whole problem of, well, now we know where the name pun comes from. Just real quick, right. breeze through that. Uh, well, the assistant producer, Seichi Hiruta, was looking at the character designs, and he said he wanted something, I guess, a little more scary. And then what they came up with, it sort of, um, you know, it uh, <laughs> shocked him. Gone! Ah! <laughs> uh, so, because Hiruta made, uh, like, this gone sound effect or expression, um, that's but they named him uh, after right. some minor adjustments. And then in comes Funimation years and years and years later, and they actually spell it out that way, Hirudegarn. And they say Hirudegarn, which it's that typical American thing of putting that emphasis on a mi- middle syllable that really doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. But yeah. they're technically bringing out the pun more than we would with the L spelling, but we're so used to the L spelling, it's, it is a really tough balance. Well, the trick, too, in Japanese is that often the um, the high point of pitch in the word doesn't come in the accent when you're speaking it naturally. Mm-hmm. So particularly when I'm, you know, um, doing presentations and things, they'll tell me, well, your enunciation is very good, but sometimes your pitch accent is on the wrong syllable. And, you know, mm. being an, an English speaker, you expect it to come on certain syllables in the word, and it doesn't do that because it's right. not related to emphasis it's it's pitch it's related to meaning rather than uh just talking 
Word. So, yeah. Well, I hope um, that somewhat clears up the Bulma question. Um, if you guys ever have any questions about names and the puns and where they're based on, email them in and uh, we'll be happy to talk about them. Julian, you're the only one who hasn't actually read an email itself yet, so you get this one. Okay. <clears throat> so this one comes to us from Onye, I guess, where they actually had a couple of questions, but we're taking the first one. And he, well, he or she writes to us, I just listened to podcast number 14 where you talked about the little quirks of the speech of certain characters in the Japanese version, and I have a few questions related to that. Um, we're taking this first one here. Frieza refers to the destruction of Planet Vegeta as the fireworks of Planet Vegeta in Dai Mao's subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Is this due to his arrogant, condescending, polite form of speech? Um, uh, I will get to that. In relation, Frieza in Daima's subtitles tends to refer to the Saiyajin as, quote, lower life forms around the time that he's beating the crap out of Vegeta, but as his fight with Goku goes on and he gets angrier, the more frustrated he starts referring to Goku and the Saiyajin as monkey scum all over the place. Is this related to Frieza's polite form of speech gradually disappearing the angrier he gets? Okay, so the first part about the fireworks of Planet Vegeta, <laughs> I wouldn't really chalk that up to um, Frieza's form of speech so much as him being a... Uh, passive-aggressive, condescending asshole. Um, <laughs> I love how you sense the word shit in their email, and then you go and say the word asshole describing Frieza. Only I get to say those words, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> okay. Um, and anyway, uh, the, the other thing I, I would say definitely relates to his style of speech gradually deteriorating into something more and more coarse and vulgar as he yeah. gets more and more pissed off. <laughs> Lower life forms is still not all that nice, but he couches it in, you know, euphemistic terms, and then finally he's like, Goddamn monkeys! <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted Funimation to work in a damn dirty ape in there somewhere, but it didn't I work. I know, I know. <laughs> it's like, take the cue, guys, come on. If you're going to make all these stupid jokes, at least make a funny, relevant one. Mm. And still we get that back-scratcher bullshit. Well, that answers uh, the emails we're going over this week. So if you would like to send in any emails, it is always oh-so-simple. You send an email over to podcast at dizex.com. Maverick, spell the word podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Fantastic. And then it's the Shift 2 and Julian, Dizex. Yep. Uh www. No, no, no. You don't put the www in an email. Oh, oh, oh. That's right. Email. So that's uh, at dizex.com. There you go. <laughs> and if that's too difficult, you can always just go to the website, click that contact link, and then there's all that information there. Mm. So that's going to wrap up the emails, and we're going to jump forward here a day or so and give away some shiznit. Woo! Are you ready to give stuff away? That I am. Let's do it. Let's do it. We have lots and lots and lots and lots of entries for this. We are giving away the weekly jump from Christmas 2006, and this contains the cross-epic Dragon Ball One Piece epic adventure. <laughs> I made a joke. That was very poor, but uh, I two points. Was, I thought it was fantastic. 
Yes, we have the actual jump with the chapter inside it. And of course, lots of other good stuff too, like uh, Naruto and was One Piece in there? Yes, One Piece was in there. All great weekly jump stuff. So let's give it away. This week, instead of me um, actually writing everyone's names out on little slips of paper, we're using random.org to generate a random number. And then we will pick the uh, appropriate email from that number. Sounds interesting and technologically advanced. We are very advanced here at Daizenshu EX, the podcast. We have microphones and we have computers that give us the emails for the contest entries. It is extremely advanced. So let's do this. I'm about to click get number. We have it all set with the uh, starting from one all the way up to the number of entries. And we're clicking it and we're clicking it. And the number is 34. Let's see who number 34 is. And the winner of our weekly jump. Mary, give me a drum roll or something. The winner of the cross epic contest is Stacy Rice, Sailor Spaz. That name sounds familiar. I think it's someone on the forum. We'll have to see. We will have to see. Well, congratulations. You have Yay! won the weekly jump. But not only that, because we're Daisenshu EX and we have great stuff to give away. We just recently got in the finalized, absolutely official DVD of This is Otakudom. A fan parody. A fan parody by Scott A. Melzer and many, 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 many other people. This DVD includes, you know, the full parody, commentary tracks. Three commentary tracks. Extras. Pop-up video type notes. Yeah, with all a guide to in-jokes. And it's even got a documentary from ShoujoCon when it premiered there. Photos. Photos. This thing is loaded. So congratulations. We will be sending that along with the weekly jump. Yay! Contest! Huzzah! Let's get back to... I guess it's time for the end of the episode. And we're back with Mike, Mary, and Julian. That was fantastic. Congratulations to the winner, whoever you are. And I hope you enjoy it. And I will be in touch mm. with you soon to send you your One Piece Dragon Ball crossover weekly jump and other special prize. Cool stuff. Well, that's going to yeah. wrap up the episode. Okay. Cool shiz. This has been episode 61. Julian, will you be returning for 62? I certainly hope so. 63 is going to be pretty hairy because we're going to be into the last week of rehearsals. Ah. And out of the hat, it's that big first night. So Gotcha. That's right. my song lyric for the week. <laughs> 63 is going to be fun. Uh, I'm still planning this for 63. That'll be the first episode in February. Jeff's going to be with us. We're going to do a new segment. Hopefully, you can be around for that. I still want to try and get it that weekend. So we'll work on that. We'll see what happens. Okay. Next week, I dare I say we'll finally do the Jump Ultimate Stars review. Ooh. All right. I think that's what I'm going to shoot for next week. So i got to play the game a little bit more because I haven't played in a while. So look for that next week. Now that I've said it, we have to do it. So that's going to be the plan. And uh, I guess we're going to say goodbye to everyone because it's almost time for our bedtime because tomorrow's Friday and we got work. Yay, wait. Well, yay well, for Friday. <laughs> yeah, yay, yay for, for Friday. Yay for Friday. Woo for work. Yeah, I got uh, stuff to do. Yeah, Mary. Yo. Let's get rid of you. Okay. You can go to bed with the kitties. Yay. Mary, where are you from? Where can we find you? I run the website Temple O Trunks. That is a Trunks fan site. You can find that at www.templeotrunks.com. Fantastic. Yeah. And that leaves Julian and myself from Daizenshu EX. Which can be found at www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. And that's where you put the www. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I love. So uh, check out Daisenshu EX. 
we have uh, we do indeed have all those magazine scans we talked about on mm-hmm. the last episode of the podcast. All that's up. Mm-hmm. I actually, we have cookies. We have cookies. No, there's no cookies on the website. Oh, I like cookies. There's no cookies, but there's lots and lots of spyware. So be sure to go and make me <laughs> lots of money. Wait, what? No, that's not true at all. There's nothing. We're clean. I get tested on a daily basis. I'm a man whore. So go check Julie and I out at Daisen Shui X, and I think that's it. Check us out next week on episode 62. Holy crap, we've done over 60 episodes for wow. Mary and for Julian. I am Mike Liberi Vegito EX, and I've let you down, dragged you around, wasted my money on messing my head up. 大前週EXポッドキャスト今週も聞いてくださってありがとうございます。次回をお楽しみに! Sorry.